There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 48 of the Digital Freemason podcast for the week of February 12th, 2007. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along my excellent ventures through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Some of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge, number 59, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So this piece today comes from uh, the Great Wishful Brother McMillan, who uh, presented this at the Interprovincial Conference of Officers of the four Western Masonic jurisdictions back in 1994. And at the time, he was the senior, Grand Senior Warden for the Grand Lodge of Alberta. And it deals with uh, those mysterious Masons, as he calls it. So it talks about how we've historically have always sort of snuck around and said, no, sh- don't, can't say anything, but how things need to be changing. And slowly they are changing, but wondering if uh, some of the time that we've been spending on being mysterious has actually worked to our detriment. And now are we even, even really known in the community? So here's right worshipful brother uh, McClellan's piece on the mysterious Masons. Most of us do not consider ourselves as secret, mysterious, or mystical. We speak freely to our wives, friends, and workmates about Freemasonry. Many of our acquaintances know we belong to the fraternity and are aware of our involvement in the craft, as well as any community affairs we may be involved in. We are more open and approachable than at any other time in our history, yet we're still called a secret society. Our fraternity, the gentle craft, which will not permit within the lodge arguments about war, politics, or religion, has throughout the years been accused of many things. The very least of this is being a secret society, or those mysterious masons. It does not appear we encourage the public to regard Freemasonry in just such a manner. It is only a short time ago that the petition forms in one jurisdiction welcomed a petitioner to the secrets and mysteries of Freemasonry, and stated that Freemasonry was a religion. Very well intended when it was written, but it doesn't seem applicable in, in today's age. Perhaps we could scrutinize our petitions, constitutions, and other forms and delete some of the atoms that do not apply in this century. We are called a secret society by many people, at times by our friends and our neighbors. It is true we do not consider ourselves as secretive, but it must be somewhat of a mystery to many people how we can spend so much time away from home at our lodge work and yet show very few tangible results for our labor. It is secrecy that prompts men to join our fraternity, and we do exaggerate the sensation of secrecy. Are we, are we really those mysterious masons? It is said that there is a basic human need for secrecy. Without the ability to keep secrets, man could not develop a distinct personality, and without the ability to respect the secrets of others, he would not make an acceptable member of any society. There are four main groups or societies that we can join. The open group, where anyone can join, and anyone can belong, and it has no secrets for its members or outsiders. The limited group selects its members according to particular rules or objectives, but it doesn't mind outsiders knowing its business. A private group is much more exclusive. It is a membership that is restricted, its affairs are not usually published, and some of its activities may be kept secret. 
The secret society, however, is organized around the principles of exclusiveness and secrecy. In reading of societies, secret or others, it is interesting to note that most secret societies are exclusively or predominantly male. Masonry, as we know it, not only excludes females, but it is only in recent years that we would share Masonic experiences with the ladies. There are many cases of fathers not telling their sons anything of Freemasonry, of husbands locking up their regalia and sternly forbidding anyone in the family to go into the closet or desk where all the secret stuff is kept. In the past, we certainly earned the title of Mysterious Masons. Prevalent among many of today is the membership's mystery. How did you become a Mason? The majority of people outside Masonry believe it is only access is to be asked. The Mason is told by many constitutions that it is improper, or undue solicitation is not permitted. In jurisdictions where the constitution does not warn against undue or improper solicitation, does this mean that proper solicitation is permitted? If so, then let us define proper solicitation and remove one more mystery. Let a man's religion or mode of worship be what it may, he is not excluded from the order. We all know Freemasonry is not a religious sect or cult. But we forever seem to be defending what we are. Perhaps the fact that we are determined to call ourselves call our meeting halls temples has some bearing on this misconception. There are instances where non-Masons assume that the name Masonic Temple means a place of worship. Drive into any small town and ask the man on the street where the Masonic Hall is located, and more often than not, that person doesn't know. The redeeming factor, the person you are seeking information from, usually knows a Mason who can give you directions. The only answer that can be more annoying is when you are told that it may be the building across from the Elks Hall, or across from the Lion's Den. It is perhaps time that we designate our meeting halls as Masonic Hall, or, an, or the Freemasons Hall. Will that help to solve our problem? Perhaps we move in such mysterious manners that we have become lost and not, not a secret but are invisible as well. Or is it just possible that Masons do so little work in the communities that we arouse little passion in the hearts of the citizens? 85% of our members are content just to be known as Masons. They just want to be a Mason's passive, inactive, a dues-paying non-participant. What mystic tie keeps these members paying dear dues year after year? And there are a multitude of members with 30 or 40 years of service, and many have not attended a meeting in the past 20 or 30 years. Admittedly, there are several who keep up their dues, and while not active in the Lodge, are very active in concordant bodies. In reality, they are far more who, for some mysterious reason, just want to be known as Masons. Lodge secretaries tell us that the non-attenders, for the most part, are truly non-participant. They tend not to support the Lodge in their local or provincial Masonic charities. They are never in attendance when the box is passed around, and rarely do they attend a work party. Yet, in our mysterious methods of money management, we offer the non-resident, non-participant member a reduced membership rate. Many of our new members are appalled at the dues structures of most lodges and are talking and the talk of dramatic increases in fees and dues if we want to maintain any presence in our communities. We should be prepared to bear the loss of many of our I just want to be called a Mason members when dues skyrocket past 15 to 30 cents a day that we're now paying. In many lodges throughout the country, dues cost less than that 30 cents. 
Many of us spend more each day on our coffee breaks than we pay for Freemasonry. It is time for us to take some bold strides forward and attempt to get into a step of the 21st century. We must make our presence known in a positive manner. Our communities must know not only the location of our Masonic halls, but that Masons are working towards the betterment of citizens in their communities. Throughout the years, in our attempt to conceal the secrets and modes of recognition, we have perhaps succeeded too well. In our zealousness, we have labored so well in the quarries of mystery and secrecy that we have indeed become nearly invisible. To test our visibility, there are four questions that should be asked in any lodge, and they are, is this lodge providing a service to the community? Would that service to the community be missed if it was closed? Would the community know or care if the lodge did close? Are the brethren of the link to pay, both in time and dollars, what it takes to make this lodge a strong and active force in the community? If the answer is no to the first three questions, then the secrets and mysteries have truly worked and made us one of those mysterious masons, but nearly invisible as well. Brethren, the future lies in our hands. If we are willing to give of ourselves and the necessary money, we shall regain our visibility and our role as leaders in the community. We should work towards when we will not be seen as the man who carries that little black cat case into a secret meeting. We should be seen as masons going to another meeting that is committed towards the betterment of mankind in general, and his community in particular. Then, and only then, will we cease to be known as those mysterious masons, and become known as good men, good citizens, and good masons. So there's right worshipful brother McMillan's thoughts on some of the things that maybe we can think about doing to bring us back to uh, back to being known throughout the community. Um, personally, myself, I I like the idea of meeting a Masonic temple. I like the I like sort of the connotations it has and what it draws us back and see that it doesn't really sort of eh, blandify, I'll say, what it is that. Uh, the building itself is supposed to represent. Maybe we need to figure out how to do a little bit more, a little bit more uh, education for the general public. So and that gets back to sort of the communication thing from a couple podcasts ago. So if you have any questions or comments in regards to this or any of the other topics, please feel free to email me at podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com or cut, take a swing by and you can take a look at, uh, I think almost all of them have... Uh, have the copies of the papers up there. So until next time, have yourself a good week, and be sure to keep the shiny side up.